listening to Other Day Podcast with me, Jodie Muta Hamilton, the founder of Other Day. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Faith, Claire and Florence, who have come together in a beautiful triangle formation to bring to life creative ethics consultancy, Cogdis. Their mission is to ease cognitive dissonance, which is the discomfort felt when we behave in contradiction to our beliefs. And in doing so, it's their aim to help rewire the future. Blending their unique talents and experiences, they guide brands, non-profits, talent and agencies towards solutions in communicating ethics and impact across the fashion industry. Cogdis, not so long ago, released their Manifesting Utopia guide, which shares community insights on how to energise sustainability and ethics in fashion via spirituality. Which, to be honest, for me was an absolute joy to see out in this world, and I'm delighted to find out all about it with the three founders on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm really happy to have you all here, digitally, physically present. But um, yeah, it's it's been really lovely to read your latest report, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but I'd just like to first sort of kick off with how you all met, because I'm absolutely intrigued to find that out. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Flo, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So um, Faith and I went to university together. So we uh, were at Leeds together and we met over our like mutual love for skiing and, and being outdoors. Um, so we spent like two or three years together, um, getting to know each other on the slopes um, and through some partying in Leeds. Uh, (laughs) And then um, Claire and I are a couple and we uh, have known of each other for a few years now. Um, And then when did we, and then we all came together about a year and a half ago. um, I saw on Faith's Instagram that she was doing a panel with Claire on sustainability and fashion for Bricks magazine and I DM Claire and I DM Faith and was like, oh my God, you're doing a panel talk with my girlfriend. I can't wait for you guys to meet. And then that was the first time we all met, all three of us together. It was a rainy winter's day in in London. And then we kind of just kept the conversation up, especially me and Faith. Mm, We kept chatting a lot um we i mean this is now probably going a bit more into the creation of of cogdis but we shared a lot of mutual frustration at maybe where we wanted to go and how it wasn't happening in our careers at that stage so um through that we then all just kind of stayed in touch kept talking about our ideas we all had a very mutual love for fashion and um you know, ethical practices within it and just thought that we could do better coming together, the three of us, than individually where we were placed in our in our current jobs and, and businesses. So yeah, that's how we came together. And we've only been in the same room, all three of us twice now. Uh, <laughs> so this is a very this is a very like um uh what like digitally born, created, um Poly, what was the word we used? It poly, poly local, babe. Poly local brand. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's super exciting, and we're we're very excited to be able to do this and have such flexibility, but also to hopefully show and lead the way in in how you can be placed all over the world and still make great impact. Mm-hmm. How uh, how like where were you before because you said you were feeling some sort of disconnect with what you're doing and and what was prior to this so I spent most of my career uh, I've spent most of my career at Nike I came straight out of university I did an internship uh, a couple of internships at Red Bull and then I moved into Nike where I, I changed positions a few times and um the last job role I had was working um in the brand department working with talent where I would like bridge the gap between um, 
talent and their passions and um, their priorities and favorite products with like things that were going on in the Nike universe, whether that's campaigns or um, trips or sporting events. So um, a lot of my job was relationship building. And then a lot of it was like rounding marketing plans and, and implementing people. So I had a really good time there. I built basically, I built out the when I first got to the department, um, the entertainment department, it was seriously lacking some female and LGBT representation. So for four years, I really tried to build that out. And then I guess, I, you know, just hit a ceiling and I went as far as I could with it. And just, like I said earlier, felt that I could do something better, bigger, and hopefully quicker um, <laughs> on the outside because it's a big company and there's a lot of red tape. And um, yeah, sometimes you got to switch it up. Mm, indeed um Claire would you like to sort of say where where you were at and where you're at now <laughs> yes okay so before um I mean we were in London and I was born in London I've been in London for a long time <laughs> and basically it was time to leave you know I'd been running my label which is called Hanger for like seven years which is the reason why me and Faith met because, you know, um, Hanger took up a very like niche space and sustainability, which is very like unusual, um, you know, latex focused, uh, very like future facing vibes. Um, so that's what I was doing. I've been doing that for a long time, but you know, running a label in London is really stressful and not it's literally so bad for your health on so many levels <laughs> so um but also you know like I I had created Hanger myself with you know it's one of those things when you build a business when you're really young you know I created it when I was like 23 and I just like learned as I went like I didn't have any teaching like university obviously teaches you nothing you actually need to know um so there were so many flaws in you know, in the foundations of the business. And there was only really so far I could go um, in running that business. Like really what I wanted to do in sustainability was to show people that actually it can be exciting and it doesn't have to look super lame. You know, it doesn't have to look like your grandma's clothing. It doesn't have to be from fat face, you know, like it can be nice. <laughs> <laughs> shout out fat face shout out to fat face I think that so I think I did that you know in some respects but there's only so much impact you can make in that way and I really wanted to do that in a in a bigger way you know I want to influence people um on a, as big a scale as possible so that's why I decided that it was time to stop running it at least in that way for now and to move into you know working a bit more behind the scenes tinkering with other people's shit basically um and then also at the same time you know last year I I learned how to read tarot so now I'm a tarot reader and I'm doing a lot of that kind of work um bringing that into Cogdis and also just into everything in life you know and just like totally switching up like the way that I work um you know the motives behind everything and when you do stuff in fashion, you get wrapped up in that fashion machine that's like grind, 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 make, make, make. Um, and to be honest, I was just sick of it. Yeah, it's it's beyond exhausting. And yeah. it's just like, what am I even doing this for? Yeah, why am I here? I thought I was supposed to enjoy this, but this is mm. not enjoyable. But now everything has changed, and it is. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um Faith, what are you still working as well as doing this um, kind of mixing mixing things up? So I think with all all three of us, we thrive on being on doing lots of different things, not not stressing ourselves out with too much projects, but just mixing it up. So all three of us, you'll find us doing all sorts of things, whether Claire is reading tarot, whether Flo is like modeling. And I pick up a few different kind of consulting jobs here and there. So I'm really excited at the moment working with solutions providers, you know, like the really boring looking companies that are actually <laughs> the ones that need to be the most exciting outwardly, you know, facing. So I, 
we're all doing the small projects and I think we always will be but where I come from is is a place really unlike Flo and Claire in that I've never been within a brand or or really felt part of that um, system but I I do have a really in-depth understanding of it so my work has always been around content strategy in the B2B space for fashion, tech, sustainability, retail. And that's mostly expressed in my career through producing conferences, frankly, putting together programs, piecing together discussions, debates, um, and really like convening the industry around certain topics, whether that is, you know, 3D printing or um, CSR. So I, uh, before Cogdis, come from working here in Copenhagen, which is where I've lived for the last three years. Um, I've been working with Global Fashion Agenda, which is a B2B uh, thought leadership platform and advocacy platform for fashion and sustainability. So through that work, I was exposed to a lot of leaders in the fashion industry um, at a CVP, SVP level, um, which has given me this incredible insight into where the gaps are to really like make this ethics stuff interesting and effective and exciting, like what Claire said. So when the three of us come together in a kind of triangle in the team that we are at Cogdis, we each bring different lived experiences, obviously, uh, different different like personal causes as well in the realm of ethics. But also, we we all have a really in-depth understanding of very different parts of the fashion industry. So the way that we came together so organically, you know, and it was spurred on by coronavirus chaos and something about the chaos and the changing of the guard and the system changing or, or feeling like it's on the brink of changing at this time definitely, like, made this happen like brought us together and we're still we're probably always going to be riding the wave of that of how this feels right now of how things are changing so um yeah it's fun <laughs> yeah we decided to ride the wave rather than try and fight against it yeah but it, it, it felt supernatural and um it was a very nice coming together of disgruntled people um <laughs> disgruntled and inspired at the same time 100%. yes totally someone once told me that you have to be like pissed off about something to change it 100%. and I've always yeah I've always been like kind of a chiller like oh that's that's nice that's interesting but 2020 and the the like cultural moments leading up to that it's like nah you can't just shrug your shoulders and not engage in this anymore and I think that's true for the whole industry I sort of hope so, yeah, because <laughs> what I'm sort of fearful of is that um, some there'll be fractions and some part of the industry will move and change and then some will actually really try and hold fast to the kind of structures and systems and things that have got us into this position because they've dug themselves in so deep and actually they can't get out without like selling loads of stock or burning stock or kind of you know all that sort of stuff um so yeah I'm kind of like fearful that there's a yeah a, two two options at least and kind of how do we bring option b along with option a you know i think yeah. there's definitely yeah i think about that too actually and i think that obviously i think all of our preferred option would be you know into option a where everybody is changing with the times and updating but essentially even if there is like a really visible split at least it comes back to the people to make that decision and you know really show and indicate and perform like how you want to live and how you want to live by your values and I think that you know we're not for division at all but at, at least it might be a bit more transparent to people um and they can they can wear their their values a bit more like freely and obviously in that sense yeah I mean there's always people who are you know are always wanting to dig their heels in and do the old way like in every situation and every era, there's always this type of person. It may be a generational thing. It may be like, a you know, your attitude, your values, whatever. Um, but it's fine. Not everybody has to be convinced 
for good stuff to happen. You know, they may be convinced eventually, they may never be. So what? We can still do the good stuff, you know, to remedy what they're doing either way, you know. And also when you lead or you show by example, instead of trying to convert, you convert passively by doing the good stuff and people see that it's easier and it's better. You don't even have to do any work, you know. It kind of just happens eventually, mm. I think. For sure, for sure. I've noticed that with my family a lot. It works a lot better show than tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think that's so true, especially when we look at the brands who are, you know, that phrase walking the talk kind of is a phrase that kind of makes me cringe a bit, but it's quite accurate <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's lame, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Like the industry loves talking about walk, walking mm. the talk. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah I know it's yeah action kind of talk into action isn't it that's the hard thing um I think what was interesting I mean we'll we'll sort of look into it a bit more but your report that you came out with recently was quite like a in my kind of opinion um being working in fashion like 20 odd years was quite a bold step a bold statement of drawing the line in the sand where you are who you are what you're doing and what you stand for mm-hmm. um and a lot of that is to do with um being connected to yourselves and sort of the spiritual aspect of that as well and um i kind of feel like it's taken the industry a long time to be open to accepting that so if um you'd released that report 10 years ago maybe it would have kind of found the right people do you know what I mean yeah. over time um for example Farah Liz Polaro wrote a book a while ago um called fashion business spirituality and when I read that I was like oh my god someone's talking about spirituality in context of fashion yeah. and business like this is brilliant Why? um but you know it's now like people are like oh that sounds good and kind of oh manifesting what's this and like there's been a lot more of that conversation in people's feeds as well you know it's like oh what's this this is now in context of business so how did you kind of feel not necessarily confident in yourselves because you're obviously aware of who you are and that sort of stuff but like how did you then feel confident that it was the right thing to do for fashion and business now and kind of how that came to life and was presented? I think that's an amazing question. Such a nice question. Such a nice question. Yeah, I think I think back to your point, like we really try and live our values. So I don't think that there was any other way for us to like, to launch the business in, in one sense of the word. Um, and I think it came from a lot of like, you know, our, our reflections of how we felt at the time where we were and that through creating Cogdis, we were manifesting our own futures and we wanted to try and be that for for others and to make that change through either individuals or or brands um mm. i you know to in some extent i i see it as being bold but in in other ways i just think like this is the natural next step for the industry to to go in and 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 take take the lead and take the initiative in it because i think a lot of what we say as well is like if not now then like when like when are you going to do yeah. When are you going to update? When are you going to change? When are you going to move in the direction that the world wants everybody to to go in? Like nature needs us to go in. The scientists need us to go in. Like people need us to go in. So yeah, I think that like it's a real big combination of things that we can sense that people are ready for this conversation because they finally are. You know, especially in the last year, like spirituality is having a big moment in like the general collective consciousness right so even just like the ordinary person is more used to this kind of language in a way where it doesn't feel like super alien you know like you're talking a different language which like first of all at least laid some good groundwork for us and then also you know if we three of us last year left the things that felt limiting to us the only thing that makes sense is to make something which is limitless 
and doesn't have all of these oh can you really do that uh, is that you know like I'm finished with any kind of conversations that are you know I like that and especially when it comes to something that we can create which is purely from us you know it is what we really like a message that we really want to say and we needed to do that in a way which didn't have any bounds and was completely from the heart and really what we mean to say because what we really do mean to say is if you want to do anything good in business in any ethical sphere there has to be some element of connection to yourself which ergo is spirituality otherwise it isn't going to happen because that's why it's been such a massive flop for so long you know so it's like if you read this and you think that it is I don't know something woo woo or whatever cool like you'll just be left behind like I'm not mad at it like you're just the one that's missing out basically you know (laughs) definitely I I think that there's um a lot of the work that we do already at Cogdis is to try and really interrogate the kind of stereotypes that are around things like sustainability and spirituality and all sorts of other things also because this is like you know so many different disciplines like like weave the web of our work I guess so it's like um when when you think of a a fashion leader and you think of that you know white older man in a suit it's very easy to also assume that he she they wouldn't be interested in spirituality because that's not really the the stereotype of business or whatever but it's very it, it's very limiting to um to hang on to those stereotypes and actually some of the people that have that manifesting utopia has resonated the most with have been exactly the people that you would maybe assume would overlook it or roll their eyes at this work so you know we're called cogdis and that's short for cognitive dissonance we're not experts in psychology but we understand that state of of existence it's when you feel stress and tension because the things that you believe don't really match up with how you act. And I got really inspired. And I guess my first like experience of that out in the market in B2B land of fashion is just talking to, to fashion C-suite leaders and, and literally feeling their concerns uh, and, and feeling like that these people were split into two different personas between being a business person and being a human being surely that gap is the block that this work in in all this ethics work is, is facing so if if this if we can try and resolve some of that tension and and like re- resolve and align the gap how, how can that re- like result in anything other than progress you know i think i think that's really interesting as well because um something that I think about a lot is like creativity and spirituality is one thing and um, kind of if you imagine a lot of people in fashion would come to it for a creative reason so to to express or to flow or to do something creatively and then you end up in a role that is quite distant from that and quite hard and like layers over layers of years and years go you know over you and then it's like oh actually remember what I like to do before and what that meant and who I am and it's like okay now we've yeah Yeah. now now let's peel those away again so it's kind of exactly what you're saying you know that that kind of let's crack the shell and get back to where we were you know totally and I think we've all had to crack the shell on ourselves a little bit and we're all at very different levels of, well, not levels is the wrong word, sorry, we're all on a different journey and a different path uh, of, of spirituality and life purpose and things like that. And it's another super unique thing about us, I I, I think, as, as well as another one of our superpowers is that we have that empathy, that vulnerability to not go in and think that we know it all and we're at the, the top of the of knowing exactly who everybody is and there's that there's that actually relatability because we've all had a very different past experience it goes back to that idea of a triangle you know we also are going to see different kinds of people within businesses and and companies that we work with that reflect parts of us or have reflected parts Mm -hmm. of us and um 
I think that's really wonderful because sometimes you have people who come in on the outside and you can be a bit like, they're telling us how to run this and to do this. And it's really not, it's really not about that. It, It comes to just starting to peel back those layers before even building back on top of it anything else can we can we talk about dreams and dreaming and manifesting now because I've had a brief chat to um Will and Amy at, and beyond about this as well yes, friend. Friend. I think yeah <laughs> those guys um and yeah something that I was talking to them about particularly as well it's like um is dreaming a privilege and and are we now kind of is manifesting a privilege and this kind of idea of space and time to do things and kind of reflection and and whether you're in the moment just living hand to mouth and yeah I just want to get your opinion on on dreaming and manifesting and space and and privilege within that really so okay so when you say dreaming like dreaming and manifesting to me are very different things Also, you know, in the space of like literally when you go to sleep and dream, um, like there's sleep dreaming, there's awake dreaming, visioning, and then there's manifesting, which for me are three different things, right? And all of them are equally as important, but they're all same, you know, they're all part of the same wheelhouse basically. But you know, I really, I have seen a lot of people talk about, um, you know, manifest manifestation, these kind of practices, especially if we go back to thinking about how people have been introduced to this topic in the past few years, right? When people think of like, oh my God, like I manifested a new car. Like, you know, <laughs> the way in yeah. which we've been <laughs> presented and, you know, introduced to concepts like manifesting have been um, very surface level and kind of from like a particular type of person, right, has really popular, popularized this. And this person is probably someone who, you know, on the surface or is privileged in some ways. Um, I really try to avoid using the word privilege because it's kind of annoying, <clears throat> actually, but it does apply here. So for me, manifestation is something that is a part of every single person being consciousness on this planet. It's not something that you can, you know, pick up and leave. Like you, you're, you're doing it all the time. You either do it consciously or you do it unconsciously. You know, it's part of the tools, the human tools, our energetic tools, you know, our power to manifest is something which is constantly there. <clears throat> we either consciously use it and really think about, sorry, and we really think about, right, what am I manifesting through my visions, my speech, my actions, my feelings, you know, my energy, all of these things, because we're doing it either way, you know, Um, so it's not like manifesting is not some for something for a certain type of people, a certain type of privilege, even if you are oppressed by society, you are still manifesting at the same time. There will be physical societal oppressions which are happening to you, but you still have some level of power within your, at least your energy field or your reality, where you are contributing to that with your manifestations. Absolutely. Just because you are oppressed or you know, quote unquote, unprivileged doesn't mean that you can't manifest. Like we are all doing that all the time, you know? It's just the power of your manifestations will be different depending on the oppressions which are being forced upon you. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, does does to me. Um I don't know. Do you do faith or play you want sorry, um Flo, do you want to say anything else in, in addition to that? Like your perspectives? I think that we can, um, what really helps me understand manifesting or what helps me explain it to people who aren't really literate on on some of these terms, which is like plenty of people because it's it's kind of new language for some people, is that um, what some people call manifesting, other people just call like, you know, systems thinking. And that is a, that is a, a skill that is, essential for any kind of progress towards a better society um so therefore 
manifestation is an extremely practical uh tool as claire says it's like it, it's it's just a way to organize things and a lot of sustainability work especially at a high level comes down to just being amazing at organizing and what we found in manifest in <laughs> what we found is that some people's manifestation practice is deeply linked to their passion to organize um and and i think that's very illuminating to people who might sort of overlook the the act of of manifestation because it's something that they've never really learned about before mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> i would say my um my introduction to like manifesting and dreaming was through doing it wrong um or doing it <laughs> in a way which was like you know I was manifesting my own worst situations uh, because of my the, my own barriers that I put up. And, like, I'm a pretty privileged person, so um, it also crosses that, like, boundary or barrier or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it took and is still taking a minute to <laughs> change that mindset. Um, and I, I'm on a very personal journey with it, I would say, first of all, than, than outwards. So, but it, it, it's, it is really crazy and really eye-opening how, how different things can be when you, when you do start changing that perspective. Like my worst thing when I was at like, when I was at Nike is when like, you know, an outside agency comes in or like you have a meeting and they're like, the sky's the limit. Think of what would you want to do? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, cause one minute you're telling me I've got all these boundaries and structures and requirements to have to fit into that is the, the brand image this, or is the, this, you know, such and such as uh, positioning like that. And now you're letting me suddenly like free. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't. They're like, just take take your Nike hat off. And, and you're like, I, I feel like I can't. it's, it's, it's glued to my, to my head. Like, I can't just take it off like that. And, you know, some people do genuinely feel like they're still, that, that they're dreaming and that they're manifesting. I'm like, you're, I think you're lying to yourself a little bit. And this comes back to cognitive dissonance and things like that. So um, I'm definitely you know, going back to my point earlier of where we're all at on our journey, but it's, it's amazing. It's, in, it, it's interesting. It's wonderful. It's great to be around two other incredible women who can show me the way a lot as well. So um, this, the, the manifesting utopia guide was so inspiring when we spoke to all of our utopian leaders in like how they are they're living their truths hard. They're manifesting their own realities and, every single every single one of them was different and it also makes you just realize that there are so many paths so many ways Mm -hmm. um and that you've just got to do it your own way a lot more than thinking about you can draw inspiration from people and things like that but it's it's the energy it's the vibe of of doing it the way that you want to do it more so than finding one way that, that that fits all so um yeah, mm. I'm finally starting to dream again, which I'm like at nighttime dreaming, which I'm like important. Which I'm like slightly like, oh god, I don't know if I enjoy this because <laughs> I suffered from <laughs> nightmares as a kid. So I'm, I'm I'm a bit um up and down about it, but you know it, that that's what happens. It's a bit bit more of reality, isn't it? Really? But but also what there was like on on the idea of like dreaming and seeing things there was like a a couple of these moments in the process of developing Manifesting Utopia, which were like these light bulb moments for us as a group. And I'd say that for me, one of them was um, truly acknowledging the fact that when we think in our minds about the future or like planet Earth a hundred years from now, it's so hard to see anything other than some sci-fi bullshit where the Earth is dead. And um and that's really when I understood that like and we can talk about this a bit more is because like especially like when you are fed in negative images 
that that's the reality that you then create mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. literally yeah it's as simple yeah. as that, yeah, that exactly. your fo- yeah. and <laughs> it's your focus yeah done right we'll turn <laughs> off but yeah it's it is that it's this is the picture that you're moving towards isn't it yeah. and it's fire and it's all this and it's not beautiful regrowth yeah. and and all that sort of stuff and if that's where we're thinking and heading and the pictures that are popping up in our brains then we're gonna go there right, that's right? exactly what we're gonna yeah. create it's just it's yeah. just boring anyway it's so boring and sad how long ago was thunderdome we've done it you know <laughs> great film great great come film. on tina turner but come on we, boo. i mean we've seen it ten thousand times let's yeah. do another type like there's so yeah. many other options you know like millions of millions options. it's literally infinite and we're just getting the same stuff peddled over and over i mean obviously this is an argument i should be having with hollywood as well but you know like it stands across everything we need to just be a little bit more inventive like where there's so many creative people like in abundance we're literally everywhere and yet we're being peddled the same crap story it just like doesn't make any sense (laughs) I'm I'm feeling a bit of a film coming on here actually (laughs) I think we should make a movie Jodie Oh my I god. Think so, yeah. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. I love making I'm, films. I'm sure Hello Arts Council. Let's let's bring that. But love um it. we'll manifest yeah. that. Frankly. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> um you you said is Faith of Virgo then. I'm always just interested in the kind of the triangle balance and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, tell me. Tell me who's what. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> laughing so much. I never um I never I I mean personally um, I've never had a strong sense of my cosmic identity. Like it's really only through working with Flo and Claire on Cogdis that I've really understood more about um, how the universe kind of um, informs who you are, not only, you know, what you read and who your parents were and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm absolutely a Virgo and that's like a massive part of my identity. Every time you're talking about stuff I'm like this is literally so intensely Virgo. I could <laughs> like everything I do is like a textbook of like how a Virgo would organize and think something so it's like, quite so fun. Funny. It's so good. It's no, but so like, good. It's actually like a a really big part of how we're working at Cogdis is integrating different kinds of um, disciplines and practices that go beyond what we learn at school. And especially with Claire's work, really bringing in a sense of spirituality, not not just into our ideologies and the way we think, but literally like the way that we do things on a daily basis and with our clients, um, which to me is like proof that we are changing, you know, business as usual and I think it's acceptable now people love to hear about it absolutely and it's just another layer you know we're not actually replacing it with anything uh, or like cutting out any other ways of business it's just an extra lens an extra layer to work through and it's also wonderful because it doesn't come from any of us you know it's informed through spirit it's informed through the stars it's informed through you know the universe and that's what's so great about it um and me personally I am a Capricorn uh but my cancer moon it really (laughs) fucks shit up um (laughs) very emotional goat such an emotional goat but the goat is a is a slow and steady climber. So, um, yeah, um, we're quite like a, we're a very hardworking, you know, triangle, but we, what's great about understanding each other's charts and where each other are is is understanding where, you know, people can fall short and people can pick, pick one another up. And that's a, that's a really great superpower that we have. And I, it's quite like a, like a queer community vibe to know your astrology and things like that. So I've been relatively in the loop about it or I've never doubted it or, you know, had any friction with it for a few years now, but now I'm on like fast track being with Claire and just get fed things (laughs) all the time. And it's amazing. And I love it. And 
we use the cards to help us on a lot of decisions, um, whether they are, you know, major or minor. And it's a really nice guiding hand, like on your back, just popping you in a direction, affirming, you know, reassuring. Um, and um, yeah, and, and we use external um help we have a we have a, a an external guide called kate who also helps us um through um yeah she's our healer yeah she's our healer she's amazing she's amazing shout out to kate <laughs> i love kate forever love you kate yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> for everything i think i think that's really important you've talked about something which is like internal and external help and like understanding yourselves but also really understanding where you can pick someone up and like me I'm not very good I love that initiation that start that energy stuff and then I literally am terrible of like once it's kind of gone I'm like okay what's next kind of <laughs> and I just can't that and you know working with um Laura that I work with as well she she's like yeah but Jody, that's a deadline and this is this and we need to do this and I'm like oh really do we have <laughs> what, what's your what's we have to do sign? that um Leo um yeah but it, it's yeah but what you're kind saying, of com- complicated yeah what but yeah. you're saying that is so complicated and the mm-hmm. thing is that in our in, in the way that we've all been conditioned to live and work there's never really been any space to do anything mm-hmm. in a way that is actually quite intuitive uh, that's not mm-hmm. to say that like deadlines aren't useful and stuff mm-hmm. but surely now is the time to explore different ways of working. Mm. And I think we do yeah. that really well at Cogdis by just being completely borderless, you know, like it, it can work. Um, you can make it work. Yeah. There's, also, there's so like, many different uh, ways. You know, like, for example, with you, Jodie, if you are this kind of, probably your rising is in like a cardinal energy, which means you like to start stuff, which is what I am. You know, I'm an Aries rising, but Aquarius sun, I'm mostly Aquarius, basically. If you're a cardinal sign, you're so good at the ignition, you know, getting things going. Um, you may not be good at sustaining that or finishing that, which is absolutely fine. That's why you find people who have those energies who just naturally love to do the sustaining or the ending. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why this kind of information is just really, um, it's really helpful to help you kind of map out and recognize you know, if you're not good at the sustaining and you're good at the starting, great. Just focus on, you know, being the igniter and being the spark and just really like lean into that being your strength, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, as an Aquarius, I'm, I'm Aquarius is basically fixed air, which means I'm always in the air. So it's just like, I, <laughs> yeah sometimes I think it can be a bit annoying but that's why Aquarian like you know people think that Aquarians are weird because we're always in the air obsessed <laughs> with UFOs always thinking about ideas literally chemtrails chemtrails talk to me about chemtrails <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny um I talk I think you know a faith I don't know about um but I think um, I was talking to Roxy from the Right Project a long time ago about um, human design and and we were like well you need this and I need this and what do you need and this is going to go and it's like it's a really good way to like work out how you can help each other as well and kind of like you know in a bit more fluid sort of way how you can help each other's businesses as well and kind of say actually you know what I'm no good at this but these guys are really great at this can I kind of like even if it's one client or something can I hand you to these guys and that's the next stage you know that is it and you know what the what we're all talking about here is teamwork and Mm. it's extremely easy to talk about it's extremely easy to organize but it's very 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 hard to do sometimes most of the time, even in really organized businesses. And what our transition into a new, better society and an actual sustainable, you know, existence requires is a radical kind of teamwork that um, that these kind of processes and systems and, and thinking can actually facilitate. So that's really cool to hear that mm-hmm. because we really would love to um collaborate with more people rather than to compete with them oh my god and I think most people actually would possibly like that but it's just that we've yeah. all been conditioned to believe in the individual over the 
the collective mm. so those are some of the ideas that we really want to live like what Flo was saying the values that we really want to live and it's not easy it's quite messy actually it's a bit complicated <laughs> yeah I think there's just this like there's this like very vertical way of being like there's only one way to do things and it's all got to be neat and it's all got to be tidy and it's all got to look like a nice little Instagram page where everything's perfect and you're just like you're all having I mean, a laugh like you're having a laugh like who genuinely looks at that and it's like oh you know are we still in that age where people look at people and think that they're, they have perfect lives because of how their Instagrams are mm. and that that's what you you base your reality off and yeah we're all for the messiness I mean look maybe call us in five years time <laughs> No, no, we're definitely for it, but it's it is about finding a way to feel find comfort in discomfort because mm. that is, you know, being a human, and um, we can't de- we can't deny ourselves of being a human being or, or being messy humans. Like that's to mm-hmm. deny our own existence, which is crazy. Especially if we're working in fashion and sustainability. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the whole please. thing is a mess already. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we set ourselves up for the challenge you know, we did actually yeah. we did. it's written in our, in our stars apparently <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> um I can't even right I'm like right we need to sort that out now okay blah, blah, blah. but anyway um is there anything else you want to talk about today particularly um kind of open open the floor up as they say I I would like to just come back to actually when we were talking about manifesting I think it's helpful also just to remember that you touched on something Flo I can't remember what reminded me that um you know in the process of manifesting and you know in the nature of this being messy process it's you know you don't have to manifest or vision like the final big picture you know or like be like this is the goal and so because basically what I'm trying to say is if we try to imagine or you know really pinpoint the final end goal you're never going to intuitively move in that direction and so it's never really going to be the best result it could be Like when we were doing the interviews in Manifesting Utopia, what really hit me the most was listening to everyone who's built amazing, like grassroots communities bordering on empires um, that really resonate with everybody that they touch. And the only way that they could do that is by in the present moment, thinking about who they can affect right now, how they can best do that and how they can intuitively move towards that. You know, it's not about looking, you know, 10 paces. It's like literally one step forward. Where is this next step going to be? Not what we want to do next year. It's literally what we're doing today. Um, And that for me has been like one of the most important learnings because it's like you take it bit by bit um, and not with this like, okay, this is the end goal. This is perfection. Like in the set, you know, it's nice to have a vision, but the vision needs to be like loose, you know, almost like that watery oasis mirage that, you know, you can imagine like it's enticing, but it, it's not a fixed point because like our, you know, realities or our quote unquote destinies, whatever, these things change, you know, we all have the capability of free will. And so does everybody else that we're interacting with. So to have a fixed destination point just doesn't really make sense. Um, For me, when it's like really listening to those conversations that, um, yeah, like swimming through the water and really being present in the moment is what gets you to the place that's really beautiful and exciting and fruitful for everybody, you know? Yeah, and it, it comes back to like part of our mission, which is like, that we don't need anybody to be perfect, but what we do need is people to engage. And like, I think we're obviously trying to do that on a on a brand level with individuals inside, but it also does come down to, you know, this individual yourself and this the, the ways that you manifest yourself. And mm-hmm. you put those big destinations out there 
it was sometimes it stops you from even starting like and yes, so scary it's so scary and I think that that's what also we're seeing a lot of individuals go through especially a lot of individuals with privilege go through after the civil rights movement larger civil rights movement last year with Black Lives Matter with LGBT rights with Palestine you know some people are like well I, I don't know I don't have the answers like I, I, I'm not like you or I don't know as much as that activist or like I, I can't be like that and therefore they stop before they even start and it's like it can be very overwhelming on Instagram when you see a lot of people targeting groups of people whether it's white people whether it's straight people whether it's men and you t- can take it really personally but people have to be a little less precious over their emotions and just understand that it's like all people are really genuinely doing is just asking you to to start and engage in it but you're throwing up your defenses before you've even started and that's a process I think I can speak from as a as a, a white privileged person that I've had to go through that process especially being brought up in like a rural countryside place down in Devon um had to do a lot of learning I'm constantly on that journey but mm. if I didn't start somewhere by reading one book mm. or following one account then yeah it, it it's definitely it's a journey baby baby steps <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you Faith have you got any closing words that you want to say mm. My closing words are that everything we've spoken about today can be directly applied to business and industry. Yeah. But that's basically my what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> a lot of people think Yeah, a lot of people think it's all it's all a little bit philosophical mm. for me. It's it's a bit too, you know, in the in the clouds. Mm. It's actually just not. Um and we can help you understand that. Mm-hmm. If anyone is lost at Cognis, I mean we, we're here to guide. That's really where we see our role as a creative ethics consultancy so we are just very excited to put as much into in of this into practice as we can and we already are doing with some amazing projects and partners yeah um I i think what's nuts actually that you picked up on there is like why do we have to have like business and people separate like truly it's completely together like literally this is they are because of one of mm -hmm, each other mm -hmm. like you know this is the this is the big incoming societal debate this will be this will dominate the next few years of of business this question um and we talk about it every day Mm. sure (laughs) thank you so much for for everything uh sharing everything today oh yeah thanks for having Um, us thank you yeah and i look forward to chatting again soon absolutely we'll come visit you in your new house oh yes yeah yeah do that'd be amazing all right thank you jody Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and it gave you some energy to turn thought into action. If you have a moment, please do rate and review the show on iTunes. We'd also love to carry on the conversation online, so make sure you check us out on Instagram at otherday underscore world and online at otherday.co.uk. Thank you.